Hey, good morning, Centennial. So glad that you are here joining us this morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Nikki Nickerson. And yes, you can laugh about that, that's fine. Um, and I'm the youth pastor here at Centennial. And again, I am just so excited to be able to share God's word with you this morning. Um, this morning, we are in our second Sunday on our sermon series of Be the Body. And what does that mean for us to be the body? Um, last week, Carl started us off and he had this question of what does it mean to be the body in our blank world? What does it look like for us to be the body in whatever culture, in whatever circumstance that you are currently in? And so we want to, for the next couple of Sundays, we're going to look at the Corinthian church and we're going to explore what it means to be the body. And this morning we are going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 24. But before we get to that passage, I want to talk about the Olympic Games. And I don't know about you, but I was kind of bummed to hear that the Olympics this summer were postponed. They were supposed to be in Tokyo, but because of this global pandemic, they got postponed. And I just love the Olympics because of the unity and the diversity when everybody comes together I feel like that's just a glimpse of what heaven is going to look like with every tongue, every nation coming together, and it's just this beautiful picture of that. Well, when you think of the Olympics, perhaps you think about soccer. Our women's soccer team is amazing. Um, or, I don't know about you, but for me, I love gymnastics. As a kid, I did do gymnastics for a short time. Didn't last very long. Um, but you have the fierce five. And you have these five Olympians who are, you know, just amazing athletes who put their bodies through strict training, who have great endurance, and they just show what it means to be a true athlete. Or perhaps, you know, maybe one day you woke up and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go get on a high diving board and jump off and Oh, by the way, let me do it in sync perfectly with another individual. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But again, strict training, they are um, earning a prize. They are going for that gold. And then, of course, you have track and field. I just look at this guy's face when he is pole vaulting, and he looks scared. I mean, maybe not, but for me, flipping over a ball or a bar like that, I would be afraid I would, you know, land on my neck, hurt myself, and then there's that. But again, because of the training, because of their endurance, they are able to do these amazing things. And then, of course, we all know this man who is Usain Bolt, who was a Jamaican sprinter in the 2016 Olympics as well as the 2012 Olympics. He has multiple world records, as well as eight gold medals, and he knows what it means to run with endurance. He knows what it means to go into strict training because of his regiment, because of his plans, and everything like that. And so as we think about these Olympic Games, and as we think about these races, 
they all run towards that gold medal. Well, in our passage, Paul talks about running the race and how we run a race towards a different kind of prize. We don't run towards a prize of some um, medal or a statue or anything like that. Our prize is in heaven. And so what does it look like for us as the body to run with perseverance, to run towards that goal in heaven? And so I have this question of, as we enter into the different normal, what, so I don't know if we can, what race are you running? And I I like to say different normal rather than new normal because all of the time that we are in right now, it ebbs and flows and it's gonna be different. And so I like saying different normal. What race are you running? Are you sprinting? Are you in a marathon? What are you running? And then furthermore, how can we as a body persevere well during this season of different normal? What does that look like? Well, if you will, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 9, starting in chapter 24. And this is what scripture reads. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And so here, Paul uses this metaphor of running because he knew the Corinthian church at that time would understand exactly what he was talking about. Just like we know and we understand and we love the Olympic Games, the Corinth church had their own game as well, and it was called the Isthmian Games. It's a really hard word. I practiced it a lot this morning. Um, Isthmian Games. And these games were very similar to the Olympic Games in which athletes would come and they would compete in numerous different type of athletic competitions. Boxing, field sports, just all of those different types of games. So this metaphor of running, this metaphor of boxing that Paul uses here was not something new to the Corinthian church. And so he uses these things to connect with them and to share with them hey, what does it look like for us as Christians to live our life well? And what does it mean to truly live out our faith? And we as Christians today can look at this as well and say, well, what does that mean? What does it mean for us to run this race? Well, Christian life is also like a competitive sport. We have to go into strict training. We have to have high endurance for the things that this world and this culture throws at us. But it shouldn't be a competitive sport in the way that we look at others and we judge them or we think, oh, I wish that I had that or I wish that I had this. 
No, we got to come together in our diversity, in our uniqueness, and come together as the body and use that to glorify God. And so like I said, strict training goes into preparing our bodies for this race. And last summer, I, I love backpacking. My dad grew my sisters and I up on backpacking, and I know I've talked a lot about this. But last summer, I took our high school students on a backpack trip. And normally, I try to keep my backpack around 25, 30 pounds. This trip, it was close to 50 pounds. And all of that to say, that was a little too much weight. And after our three-day backpack trip, I was coming down, and my knee popped. And I did not think that I could continue. Because as I was thinking about it, I didn't have enough training beforehand. I didn't um, have all of those strengths that I thought I could. I didn't have that endurance. And so now, as I was preparing for uh, our backpack trips this summer, I went into a stricter regiment because I knew I needed to have that in place so that I could persevere, so that I knew what I was aiming towards. And for me, that prize during that time was rest at the van. It was great, it was wonderful. Um, but just like we need training for our bodies, our soul needs training as well. What are we doing to care for our soul? What are we doing, what practices are we putting in place to help us persevere through this marathon life? And just because we aren't meeting in person, just because we aren't having life group or any of those things, doesn't mean we can give up on our spiritual training. It doesn't mean that we can just be like, well, we aren't actually physically meeting, so all of that goes out the door. No. Paul is saying, hey, we're running a race. You have to persevere, and you will get through this, because our prize is heavenward. And we can't amply, just nonchalantly, walk around the track and expect some type of participation trophy, right? We have to run as if our life depends upon it, because it does. How then are we to run our race? Well, I want to give you three things that Paul tells us to do. And this first one is get up and go, right? You know, we see the runners when they're at the running block and they're down on the ground. When they hear the gun go off, they take off running. They don't just stand there. That's how we, in our Christian life, need to act and behave. We need to run. Because in a race, that's what it is. You can't just stand there and expect movement. You actually have to move forward. And there are so many of us, so many Christians, that get to that starting block and we just kind of freeze and we don't move forward. We get stuck. And maybe over these last you know, few months of this time, you have felt stuck. You know, Kayla and Hannah, they talked about giving themselves the grace. They talked about what it looks like for them in this different normal to pursue that. They got up. They're moving. They're doing things to further their walk with Christ. 
And so we have to be willing to change our attitude. We have to be willing to keep moving, even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, even when global pandemics hit, we have to keep moving forward. We have to persevere well. For when we are healthy, we're able to help those around us. We can be the body and we can run with perseverance because of our self-control and because of our heaven focus. And in um, Colossians, it, or sorry, it's tough. Um, and as Carl, you know, he, he talked about this last week, just because crazy is happening around us, it doesn't mean that these things can get tossed aside. We have to keep going. We have to run this marathon because our desire should be to help others, to help spread the gospel, to help share the love of who Christ is. It's just going to look a little bit different, and that's okay. Our highest motive should be for Christ and not for others. And so you might be thinking, well, I'm up, I'm running, but how do I keep moving forward? What does that look like? Well, Paul says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so Paul is saying, hey, you can't look at those things behind you. You gotta keep looking forward. And the second thing that he tells us is, you gotta prepare yourself. The Greek translation um, for this, it's self-control, and it means dominion from the inside out. And so we gotta have an inward transformation so that our inward life reflects our outward life. We have to go into strict training, as Paul talks about. And when I think about strict training, I think about our minds, right? The things that we say, the things that we think, it affects how we behave. And Paul again talks about this in one of his letters in Philippians, and he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. These are the kinds of things that we need to be thinking about. And I have a picture of an onion, and I don't know about you, but I don't like chopping onions because it makes me cry. But that's kind of how our life is, is when we peel back these layers, there's going to be some pain, there's going to be some tears, but we got to keep persevering, we got to keep pushing through to strip down those layers so that Christ can see our hearts. And again, we are the body when we are healthy and whole to help those who are around us. And it's going to take a little bit of work. It's going to take stripping down some of those layers to see what's on the inside. And so when we run this race of life, we have to get rid of some of those layers of sin. We have to get rid of some of these things that are just clouding our judgment and are hindering us 
from going out and loving others well. You gotta look inward in order for us to look outward. So what does your inward life look like? What kind of soul training are you doing to help others? We also have to keep a short account with God. He wants us to talk with him. He wants us to share with him the struggles that we are going through. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And again, it's not a relationship where we can just sit idly by and say, okay, God, you got this. No, we have to run. We have to move forward. We have to have our eyes fixed on him. We have to have our eyes and our minds and our hearts fixed on heaven. Because as we move forward in life, as we are running this marathon, if we aren't taking care of ourselves, it's going to be hard to take care of those in our community. And so we have to get rid of this self-centeredness. We have to maintain precise control. We have to maintain self-discipline in our life. We can't afford to get off track simply because a pandemic hit. We can't afford to do that. Or simply because life doesn't go the way that we thought we had planned it. We have to have the self-control to examine our inner life, to remove those layers, and to see how we can get off that starting block and to move us forward. Because again, our inner life needs to reflect our outer life. And, our, and when we are healthy, we're able to help those around us. In another letter from Paul, uh, he says, um, but now you must also rid of yourselves of all such of these things. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Instead, we are to do this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Again, as a body, we are called to peace. As a body, we are called to those virtues. We just gotta get up, we gotta get moving. We have to lay aside the layers that distract us from persevering well. The things that draw us further from being the body of Christ. For we are the body when we are individually healthy and whole. And so this final point that Paul says of how we endure and how we persevere well in this marathon life is striving towards a goal. So what's your goal? 
As you think about your life, what are you running towards? Are you running towards heaven? Are you thinking, yes, even though life is crazy, even things are hard and difficult, my mind, my eyes are still fixed on that heavenward prize? Or is your goal and your mindset on the things of this earth that fade away? What is your goal? I run with certainty knowing that my prize is in heaven, eternal glory with our Father. Do you run with certainty? Does your life look and reflect as if you are running with certainty? Are you persevering well despite the circumstances, despite the things that you individually or collectively as a community are facing? What's your goal? What are you running towards? When we run the race for the Lord, people have to be involved. That's what ministry, that's what love is all about. That's what Christ says for us to do, is to involve people. Now, if you don't like people, I'll just say this. You're going to be in trouble because people are a part of our purpose. We don't let people keep us from our purpose. We allow people into our life to help us with this purpose. And we as a body have a goal and have a purpose to persevere through all of these things and to run towards this heavenward goal. These are the things, you know, there might be things that people say or do or throw at us that make us angry and we're just like, I don't want to deal with them. But again, Paul is saying, persevere through that. Keep your eyes on heaven. Keep your eyes on that eternal glory. I played softball, and I remember my coach, he would always say, keep your eye on the ball. Because if you didn't, those softballs hurt. And I remember getting hit a few times because my eye was not on the ball. I got distracted, which for those of you that know me, is probably not too hard to think of, of getting distracted by the things around me in a field. But you gotta keep your eye on that ball. Or whatever sport that it is, you gotta keep your eye straight on that target. You gotta keep your eye on that. And so we also have to know what are the distractions in our life that are taking us away from that prize? We have to recognize the things that trip us up from reaching that goal. Is it Netflix? Are you spending so much time right now that it's just distracting you from getting up off that couch and picking up your Bible and reading? Or is it the fear of the news? that you are allowing the things that we are hearing to just infiltrate your mind? Or is it just, you're just pure lazy and you just don't want to get up and you're just distracted from, well, it feels really good just to sit here. Or friends, or social media. Think about these things. What distractions in your life are moving you away from heaven and that prize. Again, what's your end goal? You can't just run around with no purpose. 
If we had a no-purpose marathon, that actually might be kind of funny, I don't know, that would be a little chaotic and a little crazy, but we have to get rid of those things that are distracting us in order to run well. We have to run with sure aim to make sure that we press towards that prize. We have to keep advancing the gospel. And in a world of uncertainty, we have the certainty of knowing our prize is heavenward. We aren't just buckling in for a cold night, but persevering for a long race. Does your life reflect that? You have to train yourself. You have to go into strict training to help you persevere through life. You have to lay aside those layers. You have to lay aside those distractions in order to keep moving forward. And so this question I have for you is, what aspects of your life this morning do you need more discipline? Is it your mind? Is music or movies or games or conversations clouding and distracting you from moving forward? Is it distracting you and hindering you from helping those around you? Because Christ wants to renew your mind. Or what about your body? Is your body reflective of being God's temple? Are you using it for his glory? Are you taking care of it because it's not ours? What about your attitude? Maybe right now we're just kind of negative because of everything that is thrown at us. I would encourage you to find the good in your life. I would encourage you to make a gratitude list. Share it with those in your family. Share it with your friends so that our minds, our hearts, and our attitudes can be reflective of persevering towards heaven. And finally, what about your integrity? Is what you are saying matching what you are doing? And as you go about your week, think about caring for your soul. Because when you are healthy, you can help others around you. And that's what it means to be the body. What plan are you going to create so that during this season of different normal, you can run the race of perseverance to keep your eye on the prize? May we be the body as we collectively keep our eyes on the prize of eternal glory. May we all care for our souls so we can care for the souls of others. Carl shared this last week, and I want to pray this over you. And when I say yours, I want you to enter in your name. And I want you to think about this. So as I pray, I want you to think about what it means to be the body and what it means to persevere well. Let's pray. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, 
You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. Amen.